Hurricane Idalia barreling towards Florida's Gulf Coast. Supercharged by the warmer waters in the Gulf, the authorities say it is life-threatening. We will bring you live uh, footage from the scene tonight. Also, the grim task of counting the dead in Ukraine, the counteroffensive taking its toll. We have a special report from the front line. And the world's biggest emissions charging scheme for drivers has today come into force in London. Drivers of older polluting vehicles will now pay £12.50 to drive into London boroughs. Good evening. This hour, Florida's Gulf Coast is feeling the outer bands of Hurricane Idalia. Evacuation orders are in place now in 21 counties north of Tampa in what we call the Big Bend area of Florida. The system started as a tropical storm, but it is rapidly intensifying over the unusually warm waters in the Gulf. Through the day, it's been moving north from West Cuba, growing from a Category 1 hurricane possibly to a Category 3, with winds that could reach 110 miles an hour. But as ever, it is the storm surge that has the authorities most concerned, particularly around the Cedar Key and some of the very low-lying areas. They are predicting the waters could rise by as much as 12 feet. Here's our forecaster, Chris Forks, with more. Western Cuba has been hit with strong winds and some flooding rain as Tropical Storm Idalia passed just to the west. And we can take a look at Idalia on this satellite picture. Since moving past western Cuba and heading into the Gulf, it's actually strengthened and is now a hurricane. Now, one of the big worries about Hurricane Idalia is as it works into the Gulf, it's going to be working across incredibly warm seas, where temperatures across the board in the Gulf of Mexico are above average, but particularly close to the coast of the United States, where sea temperatures are around two or three degrees above average. And it's those warm seas that powers these hurricanes. It's likely to lead to a period of rapid intensification for Hurricane Idalia. Now, at its peak, this storm is likely to have winds of 120 miles an hour with stronger gusts up to 150 miles an hour. Landfall expected on Wednesday in the northwest of Florida. Flooding rain, 300 millimeters in places. And as well as that, a big storm surge, two to four meters high. That's 6 to 12 foot. Where that coincides with high tides, that will bring inundation. But the threat of extreme rainfall isn't just limited to Florida. It also will be across parts of North and South Carolina with several hundred millimetres of rain on the way. So rapid intensification from Hurricane Idalia. Landfall in Florida on Wednesday with damaging wind gusts, a big storm surge and flooding. And remember that risk of flooding isn't just for Florida, but it will extend to both North and South Carolina over the next few days. Yeah, not a storm to take lightly. Uh, in the last hour, we've had this update from the governor, Ron DeSantis. This storm is going to impact inland counties, and particularly in, in northern Florida, uh, you are going to see uh, significant impacts. You know, the contours of that will obviously determine, will be determined by the exact path of the storm. Uh, but I think you're doing the right thing to be prepared. So we're talking about uh, counties like Columbia. Uh, we're talking about counties like Hamilton, Madison. All those counties are going to be affected by Hurricane Idalia. We are monitoring some of these computer models. You may see the National Hurricane Center update uh, the track in either 2 o'clock or the 5 o'clock advisory. There are models suggesting that this is going to take more of a westward shift 
that could bring it into areas like Jefferson and Leon and Wakulla area even. And, and people have known that this is a possibility, and I know all those counties are, are making preparations, uh, but that is something to, to, to look out for. Uh, there's still uh, a range of uncertainty here. They're going to be updating this track as the day goes on, and we will have uh, probably better resolution on that as we get to the 2 or the 5 o'clock advisory. But, but that is a possibility. Uh, we've been in contact with all the local officials in all these areas, and I know people have been making preparations. In Tampa, for us tonight, our North America correspondent, uh, John Sudworth. I can see behind you, John, it's the calm before the storm, but in the next few hours, Tampa going to get the outer bands of this hurricane, and it could be a rough night. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And, I mean, you could be forgiven uh, for thinking it's a pretty normal day here in Tampa at the moment. A few minutes ago, though, we had the first band of rain move through, a very heavy downpour. But the eye of the storm is still a few hundred miles off over the Gulf of Mexico, moving uh, pretty slowly. Uh, and that in itself is a concern, of course, because the slower a hurricane moves, the more sustained the damage is likely to be. Uh, authorities predicting landfall sometime tomorrow morning local time. And, and as you've mentioned, it's not just um, the speed of the winds uh, with this storm expected to intensify to a Category 3, winds of well over 100 miles an hour, but really the storm surge that they're most concerned about, this concern that uh, those wind speeds will push water from the Gulf of Mexico up along Florida's Gulf Coast into that uh, area in particular that you've mentioned, the Big Bend area of the state where the Panhandle meets the Gulf Coast. Uh, and real concern at the moment, focus there and those warnings to residents uh, in the path of this storm uh, to, to get out while they still can. Yeah, I mean, 12 foot, that is, uh, that's big. That, that's total inundation for very low-lying areas on the Big Bend in Florida. I mean, we can see just in the live box there that big bank of grey sky that's heading towards uh, northwest Florida. But at the moment, the sea, John, looks, looks quite calm. But that's not going to be the picture in, in five or six hours' time. It's not at all. Um, we've been to some of the emergency shelters today, Christian. We've seen uh, residents arriving. They're a trickle at the moment, but the authorities say they expect that to pick up as we move into this evening. The advice at the moment is that residents who can should uh, seek shelter with friends or relatives. Uh, so the emergency shelters are really an option of last resort, and we've seen people taking them, uh, including, um, as you might expect, uh, homeless people here in the city of Tampa who, you know, have nowhere else to go. Uh, the police um, and some of the other services out on the streets warning them that they need to take shelter. I was here last year when Hurricane Ian came ashore, a little bit further south uh, along this coast from where I am now, and again there, the real damage was caused by the storm surge. Um, you know, a 12-foot storm surge uh, along a, 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 an area of low-lying coast can really cause significant damage. That's what we saw this time last year, uh, and that's really what the authorities are most concerned about again today. Well, just talking about Hurricane Ian last year and the damage it did around the Fort Myers area, which we all well remember, John, but presumably if, if, if there's something like that over the next 24 hours, that's really going to compound problems for the state because the rebuilding work and I think they spent something in the region of 80, 90 billion dollars already. That's still underway. 
Yeah, you know, 150 lives lost uh, during Hurricane Ian, many of them as a result of that serious flooding. Uh, and as you say, many residents still picking up the pieces of their lives, you know, uh, struggling uh, with insurance payouts. And yet here we are uh, with another event. This one uh, coming ashore slightly further north, but of course that doesn't mean they will be spared. Strong winds expected right along the Gulf Coast. So this is a nightmare. Uh, for people who lived through Ian uh, at the end of, of last year. Um, and, you know, uh, the concern once again, uh, in terms of the bigger picture and the bigger context to it, you've mentioned it already, are these unusually warm sea temperatures. Uh, they don't cause hurricanes, but once a hurricane has begun to develop, those warm uh, uh, water surface temperatures uh, add power to the hurricane. And again, that's what the uh, the scientists are saying this time round, at the moment it's a Category 1 hurricane out in the Gulf, but because of those warm waters, they are expecting it to intensify. They expect it. The prediction at the moment is that it comes ashore, it will be a Category 3 storm. That is a significant weather event, uh, and the authorities are asking everybody who can to listen to the warnings. And as I say, if you're in danger, do everything you can to get out of the way. Indeed so. Uh, John, for the moment, thank you very much for that. Uh, let's uh, stay in Tampa and speak to the hurricane climatologist Nick Grondin, who's been watching this for us. Hello, Nick. Good to see you. Um, pick up that point, would you, that, that John was just making reference to there, that the warm nature of the waters at the moment in the Gulf of Mexico. What is that doing to the hurricane? Yeah, so first, thank you for having me. And yeah, so as John said, the, war the sea surface temperatures in the Gulf of Mexico have been running about two to three degrees uh, Celsius above normal. Um, and they're about 30 to 32 degrees Celsius, depending on um, where you are. And as a result, that provides just a little more fuel to the storm. Tropical cyclones and hurricanes, they like having warm water as their fuel. Um, and that leads, can lead to significant intensification. Um, so uh, the, the, the cone that we watch so often on our, on our screens, which sort of it seems to be heading sort of northwest, uh, as I said, over that Cedar Key area around the Big Bend of Florida, um, not the big population centers. Do we have full confidence in that or, or do sometimes hurricanes take a swing in a direction that you don't expect? You know, certainly historically, there have been storms that take you know, a last minute jog somewhat unexpectedly. However, most of our uh, computer models that are used by the National Hurricane Center have been pretty consistent in, making, in this area of landfall in the Big Bend. However, I think it's important to remember that a, a hurricane is not a point. Um, impacts can spread well beyond the center. Um, for example, right now, tropical storm force uh, winds over 40 miles an hour or greater are extending almost 250 miles east of, east of the storm center. So while the direct landfall is likely to be in a less populated area, impacts from the storm are expected to be pretty significant in the Tampa area, in Orlando, um, potentially even to Jacksonville in Northeast Florida as well. We're obviously focusing today on Idalia because that's the one that's that's coming in the next 24 hours but we're looking at pictures also of this monster hurricane that's out in the Atlantic Hurricane Franklin which I mean it's just enormous it's it's already a category 4 hurricane it's 500 miles across that's that's like almost a, a size it's almost the size of a state of Ohio um yes. what is that doing and is that heading in the direction of Florida as well No thankfully Hurricane Franklin um is 
while it's impacting the East Coast, mostly in the form of really rough surf, large waves and rip currents, um, it is not going to come to the United States. It is expected to bring some tropical storm force conditions to the island of Bermuda. Um, they are under a tropical storm warning. Um, however, a direct hit on Bermuda looks very unlikely from Franklin, and it's expected to continue off um, into the central Atlantic. And given it will be starting to encounter cooler waters, Franklin is expected to weaken uh, before it transitions into a mid-latitude cyclone um, over the North Atlantic. OK, well, that is something. Um, talk to me more generally, though, about the hurricane season. I mean, obviously, Florida is well used to... to to Florida, to, to hurricanes coming in at this time of the year. But, but are you worried that they're getting bigger and stronger? So certainly with, you know, climate change and anthropogenic, anthropogenic warming, um, there has been a lot of discussion over the kind of the future of tropical cyclones. Um, and certainly we would expect on average, if water is warmer, all else being equal, stronger hurricanes, storms have just more fuel and a greater potential intensity. Ocean water and ocean temperatures, that's only one piece of the puzzle. Certainly, we would want to look at potential changes to vertical wind shear or changes with wind speed and direction with height and other features that could impact uh, tropical cyclone development and intensity. Um, but we have seen since 2017 a large number of very strong storms, not just impacting Florida, but as well as impacting other parts of the world as well. Nick Grondin, big night for you. Thank you very much for sparing us some time. Appreciate it.